What up, what up, what up? What's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Bad Podcast, Brad and Wayne. And we are live inside of the E2M Run Group, uh, E2M Run Club. Make sure that you join the Run Club. Get these episodes live while we are recording. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, big shout out to you, man, for leaving comments. We see them. We appreciate the love. Also, if you're listening by podcast, man, we, we greatly appreciate you as well. But make sure you check on the YouTube as well so you can see our beautiful faces. But uh, another episode B, man, what we're talking about today, brother. <laughs> we're going to talk about limits today. So I got a, I got a quote from a man, Tony Robbins. Don't limit your challenges. Challenge your limits. Each day we must strive for constant and never-ending improvement. Let's get it. Hey, good job, guys. Good job. Mental battles. Mental battles. Hey, man. Eat some for life, baby. What it look like, what it be like, what it do. Back in here, man, another episode of the Bad Podcast, Brad and the Wayne. And we are back with another special guest, man. We've been getting these all-star guests, man. And have to shout out Brad, man, for uh, stalking and uh, <laughs> pestering and following up, man. Just making sure we grab these uh, elite people. These, are, these aren't your, your Gordon, you know, these ain't your everyday runners and everyday athletes, man. These are some elite uh, folks with um, this amazing story. So, B, I'm going to pass it out to you, man, so you can introduce the guest this week. Yes, all-stars. Uh, this is my man, Mike McKnight. And and first and foremost, the name. The name does it for nope. me, Mike McKnight. That's a killer <laughs> name. But this is a guy that's done 100 milers on zero calories. He's done ultras on low carbs. All right, this is, this is a guy that's done all the extremes, but he's taken his limits. And what he thought his limits were and he's doused those limits, and he's, he's broken through those limits. So, Mike, I want you to take this time and introduce yourself and tell us who you are, man. Well, thank you, uh, Bradley and Wayne. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm Mike McKnight. I live in northern Utah, uh, professional ultra runner, coach. Uh, have a wife and two kids. Been running for a decade now. Um, yeah, love what I do. Love pushing my limits and seeing what's possible. It's a fun opportunity. Yeah, man. So, you know, when we talk limits and, and we're going to dive right in today, because I, I love talking about limits and we all have limits. And a lot of times, yeah, do. Where do, what's, what's that? What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, you love to talk about limits. Yes. This is your topic. I'm going to put back on this. Wayne's checked out. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we all have limits and, and you know, Looking at the screen, I'm looking at Dwayne, I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at you, Mike, and we've all been people that have doused these limits. But where do limits actually come from? A lot of times limits come from past experience. They come mm -hmm. from external influence. A lot of times uh, when you're in second grade, you're in third grade, you're in fourth grade, and you tell your second grade teacher, hey, I want to be an astronaut. What do they tell you? Hey, uh, maybe go try to be a teacher. Maybe go try to be a firefighter. Maybe go try to be this or that. Maybe not an astronaut. Oh, I want to be the president of the United States of America. Well, you know, we, we the people outside of this place those limits on us, you know? And so Mike, I want to talk about your experience with your hundred miles with no calories. First and foremost, why in the world did you do it? And how, how, how did you do it? <laughs> 
I mean, the simple answer is I wanted to see if I could do it or not, you know, see if it was a a limitation because I agree. Like, well, I agree to an extent with everything that you, with what you were just saying. Um, You know, people do put limitations on us, but we're the ones that decide if it is going to be the limit or not, you know? So people might Mm. inspire us to put those limitations on ourselves, but at the end of the day, we're the ones that created those limits. And so, you know, I live in a world where it's a very carb centric sport you know like go to olive garden the night before your race and get the unlimited pasta and breadsticks and (laughs) eat the pop tarts all that stuff and (laughs) i just found that for myself that i do not feel good when i eat those foods and so i took a different approach more so to feel healthy and then i just felt or i just saw the the progress that i made as a runner eating that way as well and so my whole thing man like are you both office fans? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know that whole that episode where Michael Scott um Pam's telling him not to date his mother and he says I'm going to date her even harder now. <laughs> that's that's how I am. When people yeah. tell me that I can't do something, I'm going to lean into that even harder and and go for it. So, you know, I long story short, people always said that you need calories, you need carbs to run these races and you know, while I agree that you do need those things to operate at a high level, um, I wanted to prove that it was possible to do it without those things. And so it was strictly just seeing if it was possible and then having fun along the way. I love it, man. And, and 100% limits are self-imposed, right? There's, there's stories we tell ourselves and, and, you know, when we start to formulate these stories, sometimes they do start from those external influences, like a, like a former teacher or a former friend or a parent, whatever. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's what we tell ourselves, you know, they, they, it's, it's, it's the stories, the hypothetical stories we create in our minds. Oh, I don't think I can do a 5k because I've never done one, or I've tried to do a 5k and I failed or I came up short, you know? So it's a, it's a lot of those past experiences. Um, so when you, when you're training, let me, let me just back it up a little bit. When you're training for one of these long distance runs, do you train at, at a deficit, do you train with calories? How, how do you even, how do you even approach something? Like Cause I, you know, we had, so I, I back it up even further, you know, with the Eat run club, we have a, a lot of beginner runners, right? Some people that are just barely testing the waters and they've never done a 5k. They've never done a 10k. Um, and in, like you say, everybody's telling you, you got a carb load, man, hit the olive garden, hit the, hit the, hit the heavy breadsticks the night before all those things. Um, how do you attack training to train for something like what you did for something like I did or like, cause you know, just cause it's possible doesn't mean it's optimal. Like, you know, I'm not going to go try and like any a race of, in my year, I'm not going to do on no calories. Right. Yeah, like I yeah. just wanted to see if it's possible. So yeah. like I do train with calories. I do mm-hmm. train with carbs. It's not as much as your typical high carb athlete. Um, you know, I found a window for me, which is probably about, I mean, 30 grams an hour of carbohydrates when I'm training, where a lot of athletes are in that upper 50 range. Um, But yeah, I mean, you got to train to mimic how you're going to race. Like if I'm constantly training with no calories and then I show up on race day and start taking in calories and carbs, my stomach's going to freak out. So, you know, train like you're going to race is typically what I encourage people to do. So I, you know, I'm taking a gel once an hour. I'm drinking some sports drinks throughout the hour. And then I'll do a lot more fats too, like nut butters and mm-hmm. jerky and, and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love what you're saying there with the, the so to speak, a, a practice how you play kind of thing. And, and that's what we tell our, all of our clients is don't go into race day uh, taking on a gel that you've never tried before. You, know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you, you never want to try something brand new on race day. Practice how you play, you know, back it up three, 13 weeks, 10 weeks, eight weeks. You got you to do some trial and error. Maybe maybe a goo is a, is a, is a gel that you, you, you enjoy and it works for your body. Maybe, maybe it's something completely different, but it's practice how you play, man. You got you to gotta put those things in your body to see how your body responds um, on race day and, and even in those practice, uh, in those practice uh, efforts. Yeah, there's somebody I coached just last week. He had a sandwich before his long run and he messaged me after and said, okay, sandwiches are not my thing before runs. I felt terrible that whole run. So like you don't want to have a sandwich before your race and find out your body doesn't do well with sandwiches before a race, right? So that's what those, the training runs are obviously to help you like get in physical shape and get ready for the race, but it's also a time to experiment and see what's going to help your body thrive during the race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you want to jump into him, but I got a couple other things I want to keep I want going, to bro. I told right. you this yeah. is your lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mike, uh, you know, you're, you're an experienced runner. Um, and a lot of times we like to hear from experienced runners. You've done, you've done ultras, you've done foals, you've done halves, you've done all the, all the distances. Um, as far as preparation goes, nutrition aside, how, how would you attack, um, say a half, a full, um, how do you attract, or how do you, how do you approach uh, training for something that's long distance more than a five or a 10 K? Yeah. So it's a lot slower, <laughs> like <laughs> a lot more time on feet. Right. Um, you know, so just a quick glimpse into my training, uh, and it obviously fluctuates like right now I'm in the off season. So I'm doing a lot more weightlifting and a little bit less running, but mm-hmm. next week I start my build for my next big race. And so I'm, I'm going to back off on the weightlifting and start running more. And so like during my peak training for a race, I'm running six days a week. Uh, and, and that's usually 10 to 16 hours of running a week. And I'd say that's the biggest difference is I train by time versus miles. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go out like today I did an hour run. You know, it wasn't like a seven or eight mile run. It was an hour run and whatever miles I get, I get. And so I go for a lot of volume, um, peak training anywhere that's from, cause like ultras you're on your feet a lot. And so like the things that break down first are your feet from not used to being on your feet that long. And then just everywhere else kind of follows suit after that. So I'm just trying to be on my feet as much as I can. Um, and then I will sprinkle in two speed days a week. But, you know, for like your typical like track runner or marathoner, those speed days are probably their warm up days still, (laughs) because from a pace perspective, like, you know, my last like I do 200 mile races. And so my last 200 mile race, my average pace was about 14 to 15 minutes per mile. Granted, this is through the mountains and that includes sleep and stopping (laughs) to eat and stuff. But, you know, marathoners are going at five, six minute pace. So it's like you're doubling your pace essentially. So you don't need to do much speed work. You're just trying to get that muscle endurance. I'm a marathon runner and I ain't touching that six mile pace. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're still Um, faster than me though. (laughs) Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to touch on something that you said, and this is really important to the running world, weightlifting, Mm -hmm. um, getting, getting some kind of strength training in your program. Why, why in the world would you strength train? Why would you lift weights in the, in the off season? Why would you strength train? Well, when you think of your fuel sources, like, you know, you're burning carbohydrates, glucose, you're burning fat, but when you're in an ultra marathon, I haven't studied marathons that much. So I don't know how much would, 
go into this, but like in an ultra marathon, you are going to start breaking down muscle. And so once you start breaking down that muscle, if you don't have a lot of muscle, you're going to start having knee pain, runner's knee, IT band syndrome. Like most running related issues are from muscle imbalances. And so I spend Mm. four to five months lifting a lot. Like I'm lifting six days a week, which I know is not recommended if you're at least trying to like build muscle, but you know, so I'm lifting six days a week right now. So come my 200 mile races this year, I have more muscle to wither away basically and less chance of running into injury. So it's, it's to prevent injury strictly. Yeah. Wow. No, that, that that's, uh, I had to jump in on that. Good. <laughs> no, that, that's interesting, man, because, you know, I never thought about the aspect of, you know, the burning the muscle uh, from that amount of, you know, movement. Because, uh, you know, uh, you don't know, but the listeners know I'm actually in prep uh, for a bodybuilding competition. And so my cardio is like super slow, super stagnant uh, and not like super long and drawn out. And it's because I want to maintain the muscle while continuing to lose uh, the fat percentage. But it's just it's, it's just weird to hear that, that, you know, running the ultra, you ultimately you're going to start eating into that muscle density. That just that just blew my mind for a second. So y'all, y'all can go back and talk, talk about <laughs> extreme no. stuff. And, uh, I'm gonna back. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And, uh, you know, you talk about injury pre- prevention. A lot of people think when they think even training for a 5K, all I'm going to do is run. That's all I'm going to do is run, you know, and, and like you're saying, like, you know, you have to have muscle to prevent your joints, to prevent those ligaments, so to, or, uh, to protect rather, to protect all those things, man. And, and it does prevent injury. And so, so E2M, the, the training company that Dwayne and I work for, it's a weight loss company. And we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to get these people to their optimal uh, body weight so they can get to a race or, or get to a, a, a show like Dwayne's doing right now. Um, and one of those things is we, we implement HIT training, we, that strength training piece. And a lot of people will say, well, I'm just going to do cardio and I'm going to lose weight. Well, you're going to burn a lot of calories. You're going to burn a lot of calories when you run, but you're not building that muscle. And, and as we know, like you're saying, like, you know, when you do a long distance, you're going to start eating into that muscle when you're, when you're starting to, to build muscle, man, that, that muscle is going to eat some of that fat away, you know? So I, I just love where you're going and, 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 uh, you know, you talk six days of training. Now, is that, is that necessary? Maybe not for some of our clients, but recommended, you know, three to four or five days strength train, build up those muscles, you know? Yeah. And you might have the people who are like, well, I'm not running ultra marathons. So do I really need that extra muscle for my races? And simply look at it from like an activation standpoint. Like if you're just strictly running, like, yeah, you're using your glutes, but like glutes can go on vacation pretty easily. (laughs) And so like, you know, just from the stand and like once your glutes go on vacation, like one of the most common running related, I don't want to say injuries because I don't think it's an injury. It's just a tightness from a inactive glute, but IT band syndrome. Like I can't tell you how many people I've been able to help overcome that by just telling them to, do wall sits before their runs, do glute bridges, do lateral band walks, like glute activating exercises to prevent that. So even if you're not going to wither away your muscle in a 5k, like you still need to activate certain muscles so they don't shut down and lead to pain. Yeah. That's, that's a common question. How do I prevent some of these injuries, the IT band, you know, lower back injury, you know, it's just, 
sometimes it's it's strengthening like you said man don't don't pack the bags on me glutes we're staying here <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> um you know just just you know building that strength <laughs> building that strength man um you know and i i just started getting back into weight training a little bit more um sometimes i in the back of my mind i feel like i i have to I have to run to lose weight and, and I don't have any weight to lose in general. Um, but I'm starting to get back into, you know, a little bit heavier lifting, getting those squats in, getting those deadlifts, in, you know, those, those heavier primary focused, uh, weightlifting, uh, pieces. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm starting to feel the benefits with my longer distances. If I get on that treadmill for six miles or if I hit the road for seven miles or whatever it is, um, already starting to see, see the benefits from, from starting to hit those weights again. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, Dwayne, how, how do you want to do this? You want to wrap things up or you got something else? Man, I think we did good, man. Uh, a lot of information. I apologize to the listeners for my, my backseat ride on this one. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, these guys are on a whole nother level. But um, before we slide out, man, I want to get into that last segment that we love so much. And we actually, we warned you about it, Mike. So uh this is the do you know or did you know moment and i'm gonna play a quick video it's really quick so make sure you be thinking of what that thing is you want to share with our listeners uh it's a really quick video so here it goes do you know all right we're back so uh, <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i thought it was quick man so what is a do you know or did you know fact about mike mcknight the dopest name outside of a rapper's name go ahead <laughs> Uh, I talk about this a lot, so but I don't know if your audience would know this, so I'll, I'll go ahead and share it. But uh, just over a decade ago, I, I broke my back in a skiing accident, and that's actually what catapulted me into ultramarathoning. So, well, I need more. But like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> don't leave, don't leave us hanging there. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, how you break it? That you, you... yeah, so Mike I mean, Tyson I was back a... and. <laughs> Sorry, I think you cut out. I don't. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> you good? Go ahead. Uh, but no, I was at a ski resort, and uh, I was a college student. I was trying to show off to a girl I met up there. Uh, tried yep. going off of a jump to do a backflip and landed on my back. I shattered my L1 vertebrae. Had to get surgery the next day, and uh, to this day, I still have all that hardware in my back. But uh, long story short, the recovery was supposed to be a, a whole year. Um, where I was supposed to be in bed and slowly recovering. And so I lost my job. I dropped out of college, but I ended up getting back into running about three weeks after I broke my back and um, just healed way faster than what they told me I would. And by about four or five months after I was running 10 plus miles a day because I had nothing else to do. And that's how I found the world of ultra running. And, you know, wow. about a year after breaking my back was my first ultra. So it's a, uh, I, I contribute everything I'm doing right now to breaking my back. <laughs> wow. That is a great, do you know, did you know moment? Ah, wow. That Broke might be back. the goat, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, listen, Mike, so, man, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so like, you know, for everybody listening, just know that like, you know, through adverse adversity, anything can come from that. Like, you know, I can never predict where I'd be at if Absolutely. I didn't break my back, but I'm grateful it happened. <laughs> I don't think I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say this grateful they broke their back like in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, listen, well, Mike, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show, man. We are so grateful. Uh, Brad, man, what closing words you got for the folks? <laughs> Stay away from the backflips. Don't pack your bags, <laughs> glutes, man. Life is pretty boring without attempting to redefine who you are through dousing all the limits. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Y'all have a blessed one. Till next time. Peace.